Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Gordon, a big, uh, we were talking off the air. This this might be the biggest sports story that's happened around here in how long? The, the sale of the Utah Jazz. Uh, I mean, since the Pac-12, maybe? Utah going to the Pac-12? Yeah, I would say so. The The effect of it is, is the most interesting part. Uh, I don't think there will be a drop-off in the negative, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see how things go to the positive with uh, with new energy and uh, new ownership. Uh, that That is a bit of a mystery right now, but it sure seems like everything we're hearing about Ryan Smith, this is, uh, this is Gail is entrusting her, her baby to uh, somebody who is uh, up to that. Well, it's certainly a huge story. Maybe maybe the biggest sports story, maybe even since the Olympics. I don't know. It's just huge. It's a, it's a yeah. huge day. It's, um, uh, I don't want to, let's say, you know, groundbreaking. I don't know if that's maybe too strong, but it's a, it's a huge, huge day. And I know we played this earlier in the show, but we're going to play it again. Uh, the press conference from earlier today. I want to make sure all of our listeners get a chance to hear and digest uh, what was said today publicly. So here's a media availability. You're going to hear from uh, Steve Stark, CEO of the Miller Group of uh, Companies, Gail Miller. Uh, you'll hear from Ryan Smith as well as his wife, Ashley, who all made public comments today uh, here at the arena. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Vivint Arena this morning. My name is Steve Starks. I'm the Chief Executive Officer for the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies, and we welcome a limited number of guests here today practicing social distance and wearing masks. Thank you for your attendance. Here with us today that I would like to acknowledge and welcome is first and foremost Gail Miller, owner and chair of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies and the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith, the founder of Qualtrics, and his wife Ashley, and the many members of the Smith family with us here today, we welcome as well. Gail Miller's children are here, including Greg and Steve. And Kim. Zane, Karen, uh, Cherie, and Brian, who couldn't be with us, but's joining us virtually. And Karen. And many of their grandchildren and Karen as well. Grateful for them. We have with us Dennis Lindsay, the Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Justin Zanuck, our General Manager, Quinn Snyder, who's joining us virtually, and members of our various leadership teams that are with us today. Also want to acknowledge our many online guests that aren't here with us in person, but are joining us, including our elected officials, community partners, and supporters. We're grateful for them. Our dedicated champion partners and sponsors, our strong community partners, our employees, as well as our media, and the incredible jazz fans all over the, the state and the world. We also want to welcome and thank our partners from the NBA and other members of the Miller family that couldn't be here but are tuning in virtually. Today is the culmination of strong relationships, shared values, and innovative collaboration. We are thrilled to share with you today's news. 
During this event, we will hear from Gail Miller, Ryan Smith, Ashley Smith. And at this time, I would like to, to turn the time over to Gail Miller, who will be followed by Ryan and Ashley. Gail? Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here today, and I thank you all for taking time to join us for this announcement. I've said before that my life has certainly been an unexpected journey, and if 2020's been anything, it qualifies as another of those unexpected journeys. Today I want to talk about a journey that started 35 years ago when Larry and I took a giant step out of our comfort zone and purchased the Utah Jazz. That was the beginning of unimaginable proportions for us and us and our family as far as adventures. We were young and full of excitement at the prospects of being stewards of a unique asset and sharing it with Utah and beyond. We've treasured that stewardship and especially the unifying influence it's had on our city, our state, and even across the country and the world. Over the years, we've been honored to be able to provide good, wholesome entertainment to appreciative audiences. We've had exceptional experiences and developed deep friendships with people all over the world. We've especially appreciated the support of government and church officials and everyone in between. We have experienced intense emotions for 35 years, some high and some low and some just normal, but we've enjoyed all of it. We've been proud of our city and appreciative of our fans' support. There's no question that we have the, the very best fans in the world. We also love and appreciate our employees. They are exceptional people and have always provided the ultimate guest experience to our patrons. Our coaches and our players have given their all to bring us outstanding teams and exciting games and even taken us to the national or to the finals twice. Our relationship with the NBA has been important and meaningful. Commissioner Stern and Commissioner Silver have both been great friends and allies. We've also been able to build great first-class venues. There's no question that we have had a long and rewarding journey these last 35 years. Today is a day I have never been able to imagine. Today, my family and I are here to announce that we've decided to sell a majority interest in the Utah Jazz and its affiliate business, affiliated businesses to Ryan and Ashley Smith. Now there's been a lot of attention given in recent years to my putting the team in a legacy trust. This was done in connection with my estate plan with the objective of assuring our loyal fans that the team would remain in Utah. I am fully convinced that with this sale, the objectives of that trust will still be honored. And I want you to know that the new owners have made the same commitment to keep the team in Utah. Included in this transaction are the Utah Jazz, Vivint Arena, and the Salt Lake City Stars. We also plan to sell the Zone Sports Network through a separate agreement, certain, 
subject to certain approvals. The Salt Lake Bees will remain connected to the Jazz through a management agreement. I believe Ryan and Ashley embody the things that we as a family hold dear. And as I said before, they are absolutely committed to keeping the Jazz in Utah. I have every confidence that they will move the team to the next level while honoring our history, our common goals, and our work. Because we believe so strongly in Ryan and Ashley and are totally invested in the success and mission of the Utah Jazz, our family will retain a minority interest. This transaction is subject to the approval of the NBA Board of Governors. As the new controlling owner, Ryan will become the NBA governor of the Utah Jazz and its affiliates, and he will become the key decision maker for, excuse me, for all basketball business and operations related to the team, and he will have our full support. Selling the Utah Jazz was a huge decision but doing so becomes a catalyst for our family and businesses to continue to evolve and enrich lives while also allowing Ashley and Ryan to begin their journey. Our family looks forward to the adventures Ryan and Ashley will create on this journey and we wish them the very best. Again, I wanna thank my family who has been very supportive and unified. The players, the coaches and staff, our employees, and our partners, and especially our fans. I also want to especially recognize the hard work of Steve Starks and our management team and the long hours that they've worked to make this deal happen. They have been unbelievable. I also want to thank my husband, Kim, for his patience and support during these negotiations. I also want to thank Larry for making this absolutely remarkable journey possible. We love all of you, and we care about all of you, and we appreciate your support all these years. With that, Ryan, I'll turn the time over to you. That's hard to follow. Um, but Gail, um, we couldn't be more humbled. We couldn't be more honored um, with your trust. Uh, your 35 year stewardship and legacy is one that I believe is Utahns. Um, we're all in debt to you and the Miller family. Um, our commitment is that we're gonna build on that legacy and we're gonna continue um, including Larry's legacy, which our courts has his name on it. And we couldn't um, be more, more grateful for you. And we, we, we know that all you do is good. And that's what the Miller family does. And being able to, to be a conduit to help that continue and then to continue to have you as a minority owner in the jazz is incredibly, um, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, I've approached Gail and the Millers a couple times. Um, there's no secret about my interest in, in the NBA. And there's really no secret about my interest in the Jazz. 
I grew up watching the jazz. This is the team I've cheered for. I played junior jazz. Like I dreamed of playing for the jazz, but that didn't work out. Um, but as I was sitting there this week with my kids in a junior jazz program that you guys started with hundreds of kids running around, the legacy that you have created is, is, is untouchable. And um, we're all just incredibly grateful for that. Um, the jazz are a gift to this whole community. And that's how we view it. That's 100% how we view this. And, you know, we, we look to use this platform to continue to do good. So thank you, Gail. Thank you, the Miller family. Um, the, the partnership that we've had over the last couple of years as corporate sponsors and as the Jersey Patch sponsors has been incredible to watch how you operate and, and show us how it's done. Um, thank you, Steve, for, for working through this and for just for caring, um, caring about this asset for the community. Um, thanks to, to Dennis and Quinn, and the players, the coaches, the staff, and, and most importantly, um, I think we have the best fans in the world. And that's, that's, that's exciting. And I, I'm, I think we're, we're extremely excited to, to continue this journey and build upon the legacy that's here. And that's, that's honestly what's made this possible. And um, there's not a, really another team or another opportunity that we, we would do this with. And there's no one I'd rather do it with than my wife, Ashley. And um, she's been pretty wise and not, not let us explore other opportunities outside of Utah at the level that, that maybe um, opportunities have come up. And um, so I'm going to turn it over to her. Well, we are really excited. <laughs> um, we love basketball. We love the jazz and we really love Utah. So this is, this is an awesome event for us. Um, we are blown away and honored that we get to share this experience with Utah and Jazz Nation. Um, for us, the jazz has been about love for our little family. It's about love, it's about spending time together. It's about um, sharing experiences, sharing victories or losses or lessons learned and hard work and all the ups and downs that come with any great adventure. And I think this really is going to be an incredible adventure and an adventure that we get to share with all of you. And that's exciting. Um, we are really grateful to the Millers and their trust in us to be stewards over what they have built. And like Ryan said, it is extremely humbling. Um, we're committed to their vision. We're committed to Utah and we're committed to the jazz. So let's go. All right, there you go. That was the, um, uh, I guess, announcement earlier today. Steve Starks, Gail Miller, uh, Ryan Smith, and his uh, his wife, Ashley. Real quick, I got a question, uh, Gordon, from Gage on Twitter, and there might be some uh, other people out there with, uh, with these questions. Actually, it's two questions. Uh, Gage says, do you think they will be rebranding the arena? And then also adds, he said, they said they are selling the zone in, in a separate business transaction. Will that be to Ryan as well or someone else? So answering those two questions. First one, I'm assuming the arena stays Vivint Arena for the remainder of the contract. And I'm not sure. They just 
Did they just re-up a couple of years ago? I think I, I think, that was think that's the case. I'm not sure how long that contract is, but I'm guessing that will remain at least for the uh, for the time being. As far as the zone goes, we are um, going with the Jazz. We will be owned by uh, by the Smith family. The reason it has to be a separate transaction is because of FCC rules. There's some uh, government red tape that they uh, have to go through, and and thus um, we have to be a separate transaction. But for all intents and purposes. Uh, we are going along uh, with the Jazz. We are different than the Bees. The Bees will still be owned by the Miller Group, uh, but will be operated by the Smith family. So I know that's a little bit complicated, but the arena, the Jazz, the Stars, and the Zone are essentially what is being sold to the Smith family. So I wanted to clear that up. Am I getting anything wrong there, Gordon? No, not that I know of. Sounded right on the money to me. Also, Qualtrics and Vivint share space down there in Provo. Their buildings are the same building and parking lot. I think they have a good working relationship. Oh, I'm sure they do. So even if they were up for the, right. a, a name change or, or the opportunity, I think Vivint is is safe uh, as the name of the arena. Well, well, I'll say this. You know, another thing that uh, we haven't talked about, Gordon, is that uh, it's it's appropriate in my mind that the next owner of the Utah Jazz comes out of the tech world. Um, the tech community uh, along the Wasatch Front is growing so fast and is really the future of our state in in many, many ways. But they are very tight-knit, to Austin's point. I, I would guess that uh, we're not going to see a crane outside the building taking down Vivint and putting <laughs> up Qualtrics. I, I would guess that, uh, you know, they're they're going to—in fact, I, w- I would guess that this means more involvement from the tech scene in the Utah Jazz as he parlays his network. Uh, I would guess we see more tech companies supporting this franchise. Yeah, I, you know, like you said, uh, when when there are contracts in place, you don't just uh, change everything, you know. So it'll 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 take some time for us to see uh, all the ramifications here, whatever they might be. But uh, yeah, I mean, things aren't going to all of a sudden uh, change in a major way. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Don't forget, Not Sports Report at 450. David Locke at 5. Our friend Tim Lacombe at 530. It's a busy day on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is DJ and PK. Adrian Wojnarowski, known for his Woj bombs. After 35 years of stewardship, the Millers have entered into an agreement to sell the Utah Jazz to Qualtrics founder at Ryan Qualtrics. Sources tell ESPN. We know Ryan has wanted in many times over. We've talked about that, but this is just absolutely gigantic. It's the biggest news that we've had, and I can't remember how long. I would think, and I can't say this for sure, but I would think that as a Jazz fan, you would see a continuation of the business as you've known it. Most importantly, they're going to be here they're going to play in that arena it's like selling it so to speak to your neighbor the fact that it's being sold to ryan smith i feel a level of comfort particularly for the jazz fan because that's who i represent he'll be able to continue going on and that's great news for the jazz fan catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 on 97 5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, Ryan from the Dish Professionals. Uh, lots of sports going on right now. Lots going on in the world, really. You need to have the right programming. You need to have the right technology. And you can save a little money, too. What's going on, Ryan? That is right. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, pretty much everybody will be playing in like a week and a half. And listen, if you want to get all the games, Dish is your solution. Um, you know, it seems like we get a, quite a few customers that – you know, even we're at the cord cutting level and uh, are coming back because it's just easier and simple 
to get set up with Dish. Guys, packages start as low as like 59 bucks a month. You can get the award-winning hopper. Um, we'll guarantee you the very best price. The promotion is awesome. Two years of credits. We guarantee the price won't change. We'll throw in free movie channels. You can even get paid-per-view movies. Listen, if you're in this group, you're a first responder, you're military, you work at a hospital in any fashion, or you're over 55, Dish has got like this massive thank you out there for you. And if, if you get set up with Dish, you can get uh, a pay-per-view movie every single month. Guys, this is like a, a ton of money. It's like $80, $80-something dollars a year in free pay-per-view movies that you get when you get uh, set up with Dish. That is one of the many things that Dish is doing. This is a the reason they've won these J.D. Power Awards. Number one in overall customer satisfaction the third year in a row. And guys, I got some great news. So along with what's going on with the Pac-12, they're coming back to play. We've got a little bit of uh, marketing money that we're able to throw at some stuff. So we're going to do some cool stuff. We're going to do a couple giveaways of $1,000 in cash. Now, here's the deal. You get set up with Dish, take advantage of the great promotion, get uh, free movie channels. We'll set you up with dinner at JCW's, the whole ball of wax. And then you'll also be entered to win $1,000 in cash. We're going to give away. The odds are super good. So this isn't like a massive drawing. This is exclusively only for people that are getting set up on the radio. Call us up today. Take advantage of this deal. Get set up with Dish. We'll guarantee you the very best price. Set you up with dinner at JCW's, and you'll be entered into the drawing. And uh, hopefully you'll put a, be $1,000 richer on top of having the best system on the planet. Call us up today or come by our office, 8034 South State. Remember, we always guarantee the best price. If you're going to you ever get a flyer with a fantastic deal, especially now, don't call an 800 number. Call us. We'll get you the same deal and uh, throw in dinner at JCW's, and you'll be entered to win the extra cash. Call us now, 801-424-DISH. 801-424-DISH, 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Uh, quickly taking a break uh, from the, the jazz story just for a moment because there was a World Series last night, Gordon, and uh, we're going to talk to Locke and Tim Lacombe. We're going to be really heavy jazz in the five o'clock hour, but I want to I want to have you weigh in on the controversy that is uh, storming across sports today, and that's uh, Tampa Bay pulling uh, Blake Snell after five and a third innings. Um, where he gave up, let's see here, Gordon, he gave up one run, uh, didn't walk anybody, two hits, struck out nine, nine strikeouts. He threw, uh, what uh, what was it, Austin, 75 pitches? Uh, yes. Some, somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, had, gave up a hit in the sixth, and uh, that's when they decided to pull him. Loser. And then the Dodgers go ahead, uh, they score, uh, what did they score in that, uh, in that inning? Two runs in that inning? Yep. And uh, of course, uh, ended up taking uh, the World Series, uh, winning last night three to one. But uh, are, do, should we take our turn um, uh, uh, roasting the the Rays here for a bad move, Gordon? What do you think? Yes. Yeah, I, I've never been a big fan 
of uh, these uh, these guys, depending on some sort of statistic of some sort, that uh, it shows that it's uh, uh, play the odds and uh, bring in your your eager to get your your relievers in the game. And I, I, I when you got a pitcher who's going well and is in a rhythm, I uh, I I just don't agree with that. And it certainly blew up uh, on him last night. I think the criticism is warranted. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like staying with the hot hand. I like staying with the guy who is getting people out. You know, the funny thing about this, though, is uh, I hear the media after not Clayton Kershaw's last start, but the start before where he lost. And I, I was listening to good old Steve Hartman. It was over the weekend, and he's on Fox Sports Radio over the weekend, and they're based in L.A. And he was just roasting the Dodgers for leaving Kershaw in in the sixth inning. I, and I remember it was the sixth inning, too, which which makes me laugh in this situation. But he's like, everybody with half a brain knows that Kershaw falls apart after the sixth inning. How what could he possibly leave him in? Everybody knows that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of funny to open it up today and, and see, how could you have pulled him in the sixth inning? He well, was you're dealing. Gonna be, but yeah, you're going to be criticized either one way. One way or another. Yeah. But, but what I think the interesting conversation is the marriage between analytics and and good old-fashioned common sense. And I think that's a huge story in sports uh, right now and is something that is absolutely relevant to the Utah Jazz. And even the sale uh, today, um, Ryan Smith, last I checked, Qualtrics uh, knows a little something about analytics. <laughs> in yeah. fact, I think they deal in analytics. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where the marriage between, you know, the math and, and good old-fashioned common sense comes in with, with the Utah Jazz. But, uh, you know, think about this. Last year when my Nationals were World Series champions, when the Expos did it, Gordon, um, they left Steven Strasburg in to, to complete a game, and he took home the MVP because they, they he was dealing, and uh, the Expos stayed with him, and it paid off. And it, it's interesting. I I get the criticism that the Rays are getting today, but like you said, I don't I don't know if there's any way you can really win when it comes to that. You can't you can't win. But but I I just this I've always felt this way, and this is going back 20, 30 years. I hate it when you see the starter taken out too early. I, I just don't like it. And, yeah, the numbers might sway you one way or the other or it could change your argument a little bit or maybe how, how you view these things. But when, when I'm looking at a pitcher who is lathered up and delivering the ball and getting guys out, I want to stay with him. And this paranoia that or, or this over-eagerness to, to get your relievers in the game I, I I I don't like it. I've never liked it, and I certainly didn't like it last night. I wasn't rooting one way or the other, but when they did that, I thought that's not a good move. And they were so eager to do it, they jumped the gun. Gordon, uh, I hate to hit the brakes on this uh, on this segment, but we've had a bit of a schedule change, and in fact. Let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now is a former BYU assistant basketball coach. He's also my co-host on Jazz Game Night, and our longtime good friend Tim Lacombe is with us here on the big show. What's going on, Tim? What's up, y'all? Just driving home. End oh. of the day. Sorry, I had a I, – I scheduled this with Austin. It's totally my bad, so sorry to throw the brakes on the World Series chat. 
All good, buddy. No, we we uh, wanted to make sure and, and talk to you today. Um, uh, you know, doing jazz games with you. I've, I've talked to you about a bunch of different stuff as we're hanging out and watching the game. But um, I've talked to you before. You you uh, have a relationship with Ryan Smith, and I thought you'd be an, an interesting person to talk to because you know him a little bit, and of course, uh, you know basketball like the back of your hand. So um, I guess my first question is, what was your your reaction today, and and what do you think this means for the Utah Jazz franchise? Well, I think of uh, the way things should be done. There was really, I mean, seemed pretty airtight to me. I actually got up this morning on my way to work, and my son texted me with a, a Woj bomb about it. And, uh, I mean, I just smiled as big as I could smile because I'm a guy when good things happen to people, and particularly good people, it's, uh, it's a good thing. And um, so, yeah, I was surprised that, you know, that it was the timing, perhaps, and maybe, you know, but not surprised that ultimately, you know, Ryan wanted to be an NBA owner. He's something he definitely put out there and and uh, figured out a way to do it, and it's awesome. So a couple things. Uh, Tim, could you share with, uh, with our listeners both uh, examples of his uh, brilliance, as that's the word you used, and also his generosity. Will you uh, will you give us a little bit of anecdote with that? Yeah, um, brilliance-wise, I mean, I just you know, I I use the the because I'm really into visuals. I I'm one of those people who has basically made my way through life braille. Um, <laughs> my wife, you know, we built a house, shows me house plans. I can't make anything of it. Um, my ability to, to foresee things. I'm more of a pragmatic guy that just kind of gets in and gets things done. And I got to know Ryan uh, when I got to BYU, so around 2007, 2008. Um, it was right about that time that um, they were kind of moving from bootstrapping Qualtrics into, you know, uh, kind of the, a, a quote-unquote, a real company that had an office and everything else in I just remember at a young age, the things that really kind of stood out to me were his ability, Ryan's ability to see things before they happen. Um, and more importantly, just a guy, when he says he's going to do something, he does it and he finds a way to get it done. Um, and I think that his ability and vision for, um, you know, business and organization, I mean, there were many times where I was a coach at UIU and, would stub my toe trying to figure out the best way to recruit or message or that sort of thing. And it wasn't out of the ordinary, you know, a couple of times a year to schedule some time with Ryan, go grab lunch and, and have him kind of just explain a different way of seeing things. And I think that's always something I, I'll always appreciate. Um, on the generosity side, uh, this, uh, you know, COVID hit. It was actually the very first weekend of COVID when everybody thought it was going to be like a 10 day camp out or something. And, uh, I just remember I got a text about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. And basically it was Ryan asked me two things. He said, first he said, don't, don't go have dinner. Don't get dinner. And what's your address? <laughs> and so I texted back and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to go out and take care of people. And, you know, around five, five thirty that night, he and his kids showed up at my door with bags of food. And they had, you know, Ryan's truck was full of food. And I think he did that for 
a long time. He was just going around uh, buying meals and taking care of people. And um, I know it sounds uh, corny and, or whatever, you know, when you say he's a, a very generous, good guy. But in this case, that's exactly what he is. Um, he's, he's tough and he's bright, um, but he's got that ability and he's got a huge heart. And I think he's going to be great for the state, uh, you know, as they get to know him more. So I'm going to ask you a, a, an impossible question for you to answer, but maybe you can give us a, a little insight. We've seen different ownership styles over the years, and it, you know, just because an owner is hands-on or hands-off doesn't mean it work it works or it doesn't. I mean, we've seen Mark Cuban who's super hands-on and that's been successful. James Dolan, James Dolan is super hands-on that has not. You know, you look at the ownership group in um, uh, for the Steelers, and they're kind of back in the in the shadows. You know, as as uh, is Robert Kraft. You know, we've seen the different styles work different ways anyway what what type of owner do you think he will be uh, if I had to guess uh, I would say more along the lines of like a Mark Cuban um, and I think you'll be involved really involved and I think you'll be and again this is a guess on my part too right I, I, I already told you I don't have much vision or ability to <laughs> feel out situations but uh, I think he's going to be more like that I, I, the thing that I believe Ryan has a great sense for is, um, you know, empowering a lot of people to do their jobs. I, I would assume that he'll be a guy who's involved in the day-to-day. He's involved in everything that's going on. He has a finger on the pulse of it, but at the same time, he's going to allow people to do their job. Um, there's no way you build what he's built um, without having that feel. I think that feel is a – it's really – kind of like looks it's either something you have or something you don't and um and i think ryan's got great feel and i think he uh, he's developed that over the years i think he'll have um again i think he'll have a ton to do with what's going on but i don't think it'll be obtrusive at all tim do you think that he will be you see use the word generous will he be generous with uh with spending on uh the jazz Hey, look, man, I, I can tell you this much. He wants to win uh, more than he wants anything else. And I've seen him in the midst of uh, uh, nothing meaningless uh, for everybody golf tournament, right? And, you know, past him while he's, having, while he's in the midst of a match. And when it's winning time, when it's time, when there's actually, you know, a column where you're going to check either W or L, I mean, I promise you he's going to do everything he can within the rules to – figure out a way to win and I don't think that you know spending money and investing is going to be anything that um, he's going to be opposed to uh, again I, I wish I had his check checkbook or checking account I don't so I can't speak for him but that would be my guess Tim Lacombe with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, former BYU basketball coach, uh, analyst with us here on the Zone Sports Network with the Jazz Games. What a, uh, Going away from ownership for a minute, Tim, um, let's talk about the Jazz offseason. They have uh, decisions to make on extensions with Rudy and Donovan. Uh, how how important are those decisions they got to make this, week, uh, this uh, offseason? They're huge. Um, you know, you're talking about what really are – Right now, what, what looks to be the cornerstones of the organization for years to come, um, they, uh, you know, it's, I, I think that the one cool thing is I think that Ryan's had a, 
you know, he's been around it enough and been close enough to the Millers. He's kind of seen how things work, and I think he's got at least familiar relationships with people in place right now. Um, but these are, you know, these are the big, big decisions you you decide, hey, how long are we going to lock guys up and how much money are we going to give them and who are we going to build behind and go with? Um, and that's really kind of where the Jazz are right now. It's an exciting time because, um, you know, it's these guys for the most part are relatively young um, and really you would, you would bet the best, their best basketball is ahead of them. Uh, I think the next big piece is how do we assemble our lineup? How do we you know, how does the personnel fit to make uh, the very best possible run we can? And that's what this uh, this juxtaposed 2020 is right now. Um, everything's kind of in flux. You know, the draft situation, the workouts, everything's way different. So um, it's really going to, to be huge to make these decisions and, and then just get behind them and push as hard as you can. Tim, uh, from a basketball perspective, what's your take on on uh, the the uh, combination of those two stars, uh, Mitchell and Gobert? Do you think that it's worth the Jazz to spend maybe spend a little more than they ordinarily would need to in order to keep those two together? Uh, there's, I mean, and you guys have seen it. We watch games together, you know, during the season, doing pre and post, and. Uh, talking a ton during the games. I think what what I do believe is the Jazz have two really special players, um, really kind of generational type guys, uh, both stars and, and guys that when you're putting lists together and in positions, those guys come up pretty quickly in the league. Um, really, that's just a decision, again, that you got to – got to really research and use analytics i mean my biggest concern is the leagues seems like every year it gets smaller um and team you know obviously the lakers were a big team but in terms of uh you know the versatility you know you got five five men shooting threes in space on the floor uh, so in terms of skill you know that's such a premium right now and the jazz just have to to figure out with the Gobert situation, I mean, he's he is so uh, so meaningful on the defensive end, and he's definitely made huge strides in the offensive end. Um, but it's really just a matter of how do you want to play and what's going to fit best in this day and age, and then just go with it. Well, Tim, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate your perspective and insight and hope you're doing well, my man. I'm doing great. Congrats again to Brian and Ashley and their family, and thank you so much to the Millers for everything. I mean, it's, it is uh, – I don't know if you can get more classy uh, than what we've seen from the Millers. They're amazing people, and Gail's uh, gestures today and the way she handled everything was so graceful. So thanks to the Millers, too. It's been a, a heck of a run. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Thank you all. That's our friend Tim Lacombe. Former BYU assistant coach, uh, analyst with us here on the Zone Sports Network, uh, did some work with me on the Jazz pre-half and post, has a relationship with Ryan Smith, so we thought it would be uh, insightful to have Tim on, and it certainly was. All right, we've got a Not Sports Report coming up next. David Locke at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Whoa, I'm waking up. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Um, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going, uh, we're going across the pond, but before we do that, I have to note a date in history. Okay. Today, in 1919, Congress passed the act that enabled prohibition. Oh, wow. Okay. I read somewhere that uh, they would have been roundly mocked, but booze had just been outlawed. Okay. All right. Who knew? Did you get the joke? Not really. No, I'm just trying to. Booze. booze I'm glad I didn't get that joke. All right. Uh, this is uh, okay. Let me. If I said to you, where would you least want to have had your wedding and your wedding reception held? What place comes to mind? Least or most? Because the answer for both might be Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> you want to explain yourself? No, I'm just joking. Just uh, I was trying to think of someplace random. Not a fan uh, of the spork, are you? Least, least. Let's see. Prison? Prison, that's pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get married in prison. That's the answer. Well, uh, you were close on your first uh, statement because... Closer than prison? A a couple had been looking forward to their wedding, and one of their fathers was uh, has been not has been ill, and they wanted to hurry up and have the wedding... So he could uh, he could be a part of it, and uh, it turned out that they had two wedding venues that had turned that had had canceled because of uh, COVID, and so they were struggling to try and find a place to have this. Well, the bride happened to work and has worked at McDonald's for six years, so the McDonald's offered to host the wedding and the reception. That's awesome. <laughs> so this couple is getting married in a McDonald's. That's awesome. And <laughs> their, the uh, food at the reception will be, what do you think? It better be McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. Some, uh, some Big Macs and some fries and, and other assorted items off the menu. So I, I, I thought, well, good for them, right? I mean, it's really the marriage itself. It's not necessarily being overly fancy with where the nuptials are, uh, are swapped. 
Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think that's a great story. Austin, would you get married at a McDonald's? Yeah, especially if I was marrying for money and that's where they wanted to get married. I had my wedding reception where I work. You did, right there at the arena. Yep. I had well, two wedding receptions. Where? I wish I had, you had two one, wedding You had receptions. one at your folks' house because that's one I went to. Yeah, uh, we had that one a week after we got married, and my poor mother went through so much to get that their backyard all set up. They've got this nice shaded area, and then the hurricane of that summer rolled through, and we had to do it in her living room. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but the the day at, the day we got married, we had a reception down by uh, where Whitney grew up in Utah County. So, I wish I had two wedding receptions. That sounds awesome. I'm not well, you're a wedding guy. I am a wedding guy. Yeah, I'm not a big wedding guy. Although I, I will that. say that my my wedding reception was such a whirlwind, I don't feel like I really had time to enjoy it. Does that make any sense? Like they just you're shaking so many hands and giving so many hugs and saying, "Hey, how's it going?" and all this stuff that it's almost like, and then it was just over. It's hard to talk to everybody at once, you know. Don't you feel like you're kind of cheating people because you want to spend more time with them, but you're pulled in so many directions yeah. that you can't? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, so So we didn't uh, leave directly on our honeymoon. We just went up to Park City uh, and spent the night. And I had uh, arranged for um, uh, a car service or whatever, an SUV, to take us up there because I thought, well, psh, I'm I'm gonna have a good time in my wedding. <laughs> There's no way I'm I'm uh, I'm driving anywhere afterwards because we're gonna we're gonna you know, whoop it up. I had one beer at my wedding reception, just one, because you're just talking to people and you're running around so much. I could have easily have left a car for myself and uh, spared us the expense, but better safe than sorry. So I'm thinking, if you were having your wedding at a McDonald's, what would you order up? What, for dinner? That's the other thing I didn't do at my reception is eat, really. All that good food and you didn't partake because you were too busy talking to I people. was too busy talking to people, yeah. Um, I, uh, I like their uh, the, the, the buttermilk chicken sandwich in bed. Oh, yeah. Austin, what would you go for? If I were having my wedding reception at KFC? No, at McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh, at McDonald's. You can't be uh, uh, just the... Uh, the McMuffin with the, the, the ham or the Canadian bacon and the egg oh, and a right. large yeah. Coke. McMuffin, the guy who ran for president last time? Huh? That's a, that's that a, was uh, McMullen, yeah. Oh, yeah, you a... two dad jokers. No, that that was a Trump with, joke, actually. The booze have been outlawed and McMuffin. Well, that's, uh, you know how Trump does uh, does Lion Ted and, uh, and Lil Marco and Crooked Hillary and all that? That was his thing for McMullen was McMuffin. Uh-huh. Which yeah, I which not, I found hilarious. Still, you don't the, find that funny. The booze have been outlawed. Was that's, funnier. No, that's yep, terrible. Yep. Come on. All right. Well, can you guys can you guys rattle off the uh, two all beef patties? No, because no, I'm oh. not a hundred years old, and that commercial what came out that? in like 1958. It's a it's a commercial for McDonald's. It's almost like a there's a bunch oh, of people the Big that, Mac thing. that yeah, rattle yeah. off the ingredients to yeah, Big Mac. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't do it. Though. No. Okay. All right. All right, stay tuned. (laughs) David Locke coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.